And today's reading comes from 1 Peter um, 4, 8 through 11. Above all, keeping love, oh, sorry, keep loving one another earnestly, since love comes a multitude of sins, covers a multitude of sins. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's very grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. And this is the word of our God. Okay. So if you are... Just joining us today, welcome to Acts Church, Kyle. My name is uh, Pastor Andrew Walker. It's great to see everybody here. Um, you know, we got a we got a few curveballs this morning, so we're rolling with it. We are here in the presence of God. We're here to read His Word, be changed by His Word, be forgiven by His Word. Um, and and if this is your first time, you uh, have a have joined us on the cusp of a new series. We're starting a series called Thanksgiving. And, uh, you know, we're going to look at some different facets of Thanksgiving, some different things we thank God for, but we're going to look at two elements of Thanksgiving. Uh, first, there's an, an upward element, which is what we're used to. You know, we get around the table, um, and, and we thank God for our family, we thank God for the food before us, and then we dig in. Um, we're going to also focus on the, uh, the outward element of Thanksgiving as well. There's an upward element where we give thanks to God. There's an outward element where we share the gifts that we've been given, right? This is part of uh, stewardship in God's kingdom. So, so we, we give thanks and we also give to others. Um, everything we have is a gift that we can share. So we're going to identify what those are, and we're going to look through the practical implications of, of what it might mean to, to share those with God or share those with his, his kingdom. So the first thing that we're going to start with in the series is relationships. What is your biggest obstacle in relating to people? I'll just ask y'all to think about that for a second. What is your biggest obstacle in relating to people? Is it, I don't have the time to dig in deeper with my friends. I don't want to engage that level of vulnerability that it takes to actually dig into a relationship. Um, Is it, I don't have the money or the energy to Go out and do stuff and, and rally with people. What is your biggest obstacle? You know, upward, when we give thanks to God for our relationships, there are the elements of relief that relationships provide. There's emotional support, physical support, um, monetary support, spiritual support. There's love that's being shared. We thank God for all of these things that are included in relationships. Now, outward though, we share those relationships with other people. We, we build bridges. We bring people into our networks. We say, hey, I know a person that went through that. Or, hey, I know someone that I think you might like. This takes actual knowledge of people. You have to dig deep to people to know them well enough to say, okay, you need to talk to them. They need, I know somebody who needs some help. You need to come get together with us. We need to go out. I think y'all could be friends. I think y'all could hit it off. Um, so in our reading, we're going to break down 
how that gets built. We're going to break down why that needs to happen, especially in the context of the body of Christ, how we relate upward and outward. Um, so if you have a Bible around you, you can go ahead and open up to 1 Peter, since we don't have a screen this morning. Go ahead and open up to 1 Peter 4, starting in verse 8, and we're just going to break down the, the portions of this text. Um, the first point that I want to look at here, 1 Peter 8-9, through 9, is that we are interdependent. We depend on one another. We need one another. Okay? So, Peter writes, Above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. Okay, so throughout the series, we're looking at how to leverage these gifts of God to advance his kingdom. Now, I want to put a disclaimer on that right away, talking about relationships, because people are not assets. Okay, you don't, you don't leverage people to get something. Okay, um, I, I've heard this um, said a number of times, something along the lines of, well, you know, in, invite people into our church family because you never know what hidden talents they might have. They can sing in the band or they can teach Sunday school. You, just, you never know what's there. So invite people there because, they, you know, that, that's leveraging people as an asset. All right, this is, this is not community. This has nothing to do with the body of Christ. I'm not talking about that. What I'm talking about when I say we leverage the gifts of God to expand his kingdom in the context of relationships, people in the family of God are partners on a shared mission. Okay? They, they build each other up. They support each other. They undergird each other. They are united in Christ, and they are family in Christ. Right? You don't leverage members of your family to get... You should not leverage members of your family to get stuff, right? But this is the family of God. There's a unity involved there, okay? So this is kind of like spiritual, abstract realities going on. What does that look like practically? And in the same breath, Peter says it. Show hospitality to one another. Here's the qualification. Without grumbling, Okay? I'm going to welcome you because I have to, and you're annoying, but Jesus says, love your enemies, so here you go. Without grumbling. Without grumbling. Okay? And this is much easier said than done. We welcome each other. We support each other. We bear with each other in certain sins or shortcomings. We forgive each other. All of this happens without condition. Okay? There is no, if you do this, then I'll do this. Or if you give this, then I'll consider bringing you back in, you know, you hurt my feelings and you need to prove to me that you need to win your way back into my heart. Like, none of that. Okay, this is without condition and we are not used to this. Nothing else in this world is set up that way. Okay, nothing else in this world would, would establish a relationship uh, without those kinds of conditions. I mean, it's getting worse where we are able to customize our relationships. Um, even, you know, who we call friends. I mean, the, I think social media is, a, is kind of a beautiful, sad metaphor for lots of relationships in our lives, right? We call people friends. We say, add friend right away. They're, they're our friend, right? 
all they got to do is say, yes, I'll be your friend. And you can, you can like something that they put or not. You can make angry faces or block them or, you know, you can do whatever you want. You customize that relationship. You have the freedom to do that. Um, even even uh, worship, our experience with the church family, we, can, we customize this all the time. So I, I don't like the worship going on um, where, where I was. I don't like the songs that they chose this Sunday morning. So, you know, maybe next week I'll just stay home and, and listen to some Hillsong and take in a... That's from Matt Chandler. I can just podcast it, you know, and that'll be my church, right? This will be my church this week because, because I, I, I'm just not, I don't want to wake up. I don't want to see that person that was awkward last week, whatever the case may be. You know, we, we want to customize these things. We want to, we want to put conditions on these relationships and they just aren't there. They're, they're not, not in the family of God. Okay. And this is what makes this time together specifically, this Sunday, so disruptive to our lives. Because what's happening here is unlike any other get-together on the planet. Okay? What the realities of what's going on here is unlike anything else. Um, I want you to ask yourself how many people receive you? The real you. How many people know you well enough to say, oh yeah, I know they do that, or I know they did that, or I know they thought that, or I know they said that. And I forgive them. They're my friend, they're my brother, they're my sister. They're my family. How many people receive you? The other thing we try to do with worship is um, when we customize it, there's a very thin line between finding a family in Christ that you connect with, that teaches rightly, and then just making the rounds, shopping, going eight different places in a month or whatever, and say like, well, if our relationship was just me and Jesus, that would be fine. But it's not. That's not what the family of God is. The family of God is me and Jesus, and her and me, and him and me, and them and me. And me and them, right? It's, it's, it's all of it. It's all of it. The family of God has to be vulnerable to be received and to receive other people. That's, that is true community. And what makes this time and this community so different is this type of love. Keep loving one another earnestly since love, this love, this specific kind of love, since love covers a multitude of sins. This is the word that's used in the Old Testament when the glory of God descended on his people in worship as a cloud. Completely overwhelms their temple, their tabernacle, just fills the room. It buries them. It overwhelms them. This is that word, covers a multitude of sins. It's not just love as a general abstract term. We are talking the presence of God. God is love. Christ showed us in no uncertain terms what that kind of love is. This is the love that covers a multitude of sins. And this is the kind of love that makes this gathering so important and so different because that cannot be communicated through a podcast or listening 
to a to an album uh, on Spotify. It can be communicated, um, you know, by by uh, Facebook Live. You know, watching the church across the country. Like, no, we're we're not talking about an hour on Sunday. We're talking about life investment, okay, in in, in giving of yourself and receiving of other people. So, good wishes and prayers for people at a distance is great. But that's not enough. And I don't mean like you're not doing good enough. I'm saying it's not enough for God to see you suffer at a distance, to see them suffer at a distance. It's not good enough for God to watch his people schism. When God says, get together, meet, make this time special, he means get incarnation with each other. Get in proximity with each other. See, it wasn't good enough for God to sit on high and say, I see your suffering. Good luck. I'm praying for you. It wasn't good enough for God to even say, I've heard your prayers. Zap, you're fixed. Everything's taken care of. That's not what happened. Right? Christ took on the problems that he saw. Christ took on the suffering that we were going through. He took on that human flesh. He embodied all of those things. He became incarnational and walked among us. This is the kind of family that you need. And this is, and you have something to offer this family as well. Okay? You need to receive and you need to give. This is the way that God has orchestrated his, his community. We need to be careful how we engage, like, okay, I received a good word. That's good. That's fine. I'm not against that. I listen to other people's sermons all the time. I listen to worship music all the time. It's, it's good stuff. But it's not the family of God. So we are interdependent. Okay. Second, we are indispensable, each one of us. You are dependent on other people. At the same time, you are indispensable to the family of God. Peter says, as each has received the gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's very grace. Whoever speaks is one who speaks oracles of God. Whoever serves is one who serves by the strength that God supplies. All right, so when I say like, you're indispensable, everyone's different, everyone's unique, that's good stuff, but we're not just talking about diversity of personalities. Like we need introverts and extroverts. We need teachers and singers. You know, I'm not just talking about that kind of, of, of diversity because that's, that's here and now. Right here and now, right now, we have we have a smattering of gifts throughout this room. We have a smattering of personalities, and that's great, but that's not enough. Okay, and that's not all that Peter is talking about either. Paul uses the the illustration um, of of a body. Right, each one has their part, each one has their role, each one is indispensable. But there's also uh, Peter talks about a, a temple, a temple that is built by stones being laid on top of the other. Right? It's, it's not just each stone is shaped different or looks different. It's, there, there's a progression happening. It's not all at once. It's step by step by step by step. So today, we recognize how we supplement and build on each other in Christ. Today is All Saints Sunday. Okay, This is the day uh, of the church here where we recognize the saints that have gone before us, um, and have left a legacy of faith behind. So uh, not too long ago, um, 
Not too long ago, I, I got to be at the funeral of Carlman's um, Jeff's dad and, and, and be with their family and, and meet him um, before he died. Uh, and what struck me again and again and again and again, family gathering around, kids gathering around, um, of every generation. And what struck me, uh, and comes back to me again today, and makes me think about it, is we celebrate the fact that there are saints right now, at this moment, in the presence of God. But we also celebrate the legacy that they leave behind. A family of faith, right? This was not just all the, this is not done all at the same time. This is a building on each other. So Hebrews, Hebrews 12 starts like this. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who, is for, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Now, we think cloud of witnesses, right? We, we are many and varied and all together. Uh, you know, we're, it's hard to tell where one stops and the other starts. We are that united. When the author of Hebrews writes these words, he's writing it right after Hebrews 11, which is sometimes called the Hall of Faith. Um, it's just story after story after story after story of the people of God who were bound by the same faith but lived this incredible life so that those who came after them would build on this legacy, would build a family of God out of their relationship with God. So this is not just a present cloud of witnesses, people living all over the world of different backgrounds and, 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 and cultures or people in this room of different faiths. This is a cloud of witnesses that came before us and will come after us. Okay, This is a building that is happening. So when I say that we are indispensable, I don't just mean your personality and your gift is indispensable. I'm talking about there are people coming after you building on what God is building in your life now. Right? You can't build on nothing. There has to be something there. And God uses that faith of yours to build a legacy. So we are united in a common faith. We're growing from other people's witness, growing from other people's gifts. So this upward love in relationship is connecting people to Jesus so that he can cover their sin. The outward expression of this love um, connects us to each other. Uh, in such a way that that we connect outward and then upward. Right? Jesus is what binds that outward and upward relationship. Okay, um, all that to say, don't despise your circumstances. Don't despise your gifts. Um, I don't know how many times I've thought, "Oh man, I wish I could sing like that. I wish I could play the guitar like that." Or, I wish I could preach like that. I wish I could, you know, plant a church like that. Don't despise what God has given you. He's given it to you for where you are, for who's in your life, so that they can build on you. When we despise that stuff, we despise this plan that is not just for us, 
right? This plan is for all those who come after you. And if you ask why, well, why do I have to do this thing? Why, why did this happen? Why did that happen? Why do I have this gift and they get that gift? I keep practicing, but I can't ever grow to be as good as they are. When, when you're wondering why has God given me this gift or this relationship or this circumstance right now, Peter answers like this. We have eternal this is the last point. We have eternal purpose. It's not just, you know, we are, we are interdependent. We are indispensable, not just for the here and now, but for an eternal purpose. Peter says, uh, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. We've got to recognize why this was written, and why Hebrews was written, we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, and look at all these great people that came before you. It's not to shame people and say, you need to have faith like them. The, the point was encouragement. The audience of Hebrews were being persecuted. They were going to retreat to Judaism. The audience of, of Peter's letter were being persecuted. They were going to retreat back to Judaism instead of this crazy sect that was being eradicated and being violently treated. They wanted to go back. So these letters are written to persecuted Christians to make them aware of a glory and a purpose that goes beyond their present experiences. Now, we just need to be honest get this right out. We have peacetime problems. The American church has peacetime problems. We're not being persecuted. Not really. Okay? Our peacetime problems are a lack of urgency because there's no immediate threat and because of that, a lack of hope. There's no urgency, so there's nothing to look forward to. We, we, we get content. We get apathetic because... We are in peacetime. And if there is no hope, if you don't feel need, you can't feel hope. And if there is no hope, then God is only in the here and now. We lose that sense of eternal purpose. We, all we see is how can I be served by this, by that person? What do I need right now? But we lose sight of the greater picture when there's peacetime problems. And when we lose sight of the greater picture, that's when we don't feel urgency for our neighbor who is dying. We don't, we don't feel the need to cling to God because there's nothing against us except general abstract concepts like you know, a, a, a lack of faith in our country right? or, or a lack of cultural Christianity. But our our suffering is not life-threatening. And that, that breeds urgency. That breeds hope. In this setting, recognizing thanksgiving for our relationships, we give thanks to God for our peace. We give thanks to God 
for the immense prosperity he has blessed this nation with. We, we, we give thanks for the fact that we are allowed to worship freely, right? Right here in this room. We, we thank him for that. We also recognize a new set of struggles that is before us. We need to be aware of those things and say, okay, me coming to, to worship today, did I think twice about it? Probably not, right? The, the biggest thought that I might have given on the way here was what I'm going to wear, right? That was my biggest problem this morning. Um, we're not trying to hide ourselves. We're not trying to smuggle our Bibles under our jacket. We're not trying to sing quietly in somebody's home lest we get found out, right? So we need to be aware there is a lack of urgency because there's a lack of danger. And that's not a bad thing. We just need to get urgent for other reasons and see greater realities, okay? We see greater realities beyond our peacetime problems. We need, above all else, these relationships in the context of Jesus Christ with Jesus Christ. He obliges our need for a relationship with him through each other. Okay? He says, you are my body. He doesn't speak to us out of the clouds, from heaven. He, he gives us an immense privilege and an immense weight to say, you talk to each other. You know me. You have my word. You tell it to each other. You are my presence in each other's lives. You forgive each other's sins. You bless each other with gifts when someone is financially in need. You carry meals to each other and sit at each other's bedside. You are my body. Now go. He hasn't left us to figure this stuff out for ourselves. He commends us to one another. And we commend our sins to him. The upward love commends our sins to God so that we can be glorified through his forgiveness. Our outward love shares and receives each other's gifts to build a legacy of faith, which then feeds the upward love of commending our sins to God, which then builds the outward love of building relationships, which builds the upward love of committing sin. And on and on it goes. We, we ripple out our relationships so that more people can glorify the God of the universe in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, because to him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. In appreciation for the diversity of this family, in appreciation for what God is doing, and to maybe put some meat on this, um, I want to talk with, uh, with one of our families, the Menzings, Jeff and Kim, uh, about what this looks like. How does it look? Uh, go ahead and come up, guys. Um, how does it look to give thanks to God um, for his many and varied gifts, and at the same time, use those gifts to replicate still more relationships, to give him still more glory. Um, there you go. Which I'll pass that. Okay. So which which areas of y'all's life would you say have been most impacted by the relationships that God has given you? When we actually were talking about those uh, the questions before, 
Um, it's kind of a very open question um, because we feel like, to a certain degree, like every aspect of our life is um, focused around the relationships that God has given us, and including the way we spend our time and delegating our time. Um, and being making sure we're being intentional with specific relationships, um, making sure that we're not busying our schedules so much that we miss out on opportunities. So I know we, I think, have grown from being yes people all the time because we do want to help and we have a desire to serve people within our community and things like that, but also knowing when to say no to things so we can leave our schedule open for those opportunities that God may put before us that we otherwise would have had to say no to. Um, so even just within our relationships with our kids and making sure that we don't overload their schedules so that it doesn't overload our schedule so we have um, a chance to make sure that we have space for that. But um, specifically, I think one of the, the biggest areas that we feel is, is just within our own neighborhood. Um, how much do so yeah, like within the neighborhood, our neighbors, people do feel called to our neighborhood. Um, that's not, God brought us there. I mean, that's, God brought us there. So we want to serve there and serve the neighbors that are around us and, um, and spread his kingdom, further his kingdom. And um, it's in, in our previous neighborhood before we moved to Buda, and we had some sweet relationships that, like, the sadness and relief. And when they leave, because we become like family, uh, God's family. Because they were actually members of our body together, we served our neighborhood and met uh, a lot of our neighbors and would hang with them and, and serve them, and they would serve us too. It wasn't just one way; it, it, it became uh, just a sweet, sweet relationship. Um, but even here now in Utah, it's especially just special because again, God's brought us another family that we should, that we feel called to, to walk along with. They go to a different body, but we're brothers and sisters in Christ, and uh, we love each other so much and their, their kids are over at our house or our kids are over there and uh, it's just it, um, it's amazing to me uh, the, the love and generosity that's shown to us um, because of Christ yeah. and it, it, it be the same for them and, but then it allows us to serve our neighbors like for the next door neighbor needed their son picked up in football practice she called and said she was hurting just stuck in traffic and uh, we had plans that evening but I'm like yeah, I will get them. You know, it's 15 minutes. They're turning back 45, but that's how it goes. Like, we just, like, the, the, I was so glad that she asked me to do that, to feel the uh, safe. And uh, just the, that we're not going to think she owes us anything to do that. Just to, like, we do it because we love them and they love us. So, you know, it's, it, that's been a really a blessing that's developed over the past couple of months now. And uh, we're really thankful for it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I should say, like, like you even said, even in the sermon, um, you know, that's something that's kind of resonated with us over time. Is like when we're walking into a relationship, we're not going into that relationship of what kind of blessing am I going to get out of this? It's a matter of walking into every conversation, even if it's something of, hey, I'm going through this line at the grocery store today. How am I going to interact with that person, and how am I going to bless them by my presence today? Like, even if it's something of asking, something as simple as, hey, how's your day going, or giving them a smile, or even if you're, you know, a regular somewhere, going to the same person, so you're still building those relationships and being intentional about that. But also, I mean, 
like you said, also allowing other people when you have that community, you know, going through something even recently, allowing those people to also support you. It's it's two-sided and not just, yes, we're looking for ways that we're blessing others, but we also allow them to do that and, and not looking for that, oh, I owe you this or I owe you that. Um, but that's part of just that, that community mindset and also even like looking for opportunities like like even like something as simple as like last night we went to casino night in our neighborhood as like a, a little date night and, and we were able to you know we talked about well it'd be nice to kind of just go out just the two of us but you know we felt like god was calling us there to maybe connect with neighbors we otherwise wouldn't and even by, by that we were able to make a few connections and get people's phone numbers and exchange so so even something as simple as making yourself available for those opportunities, even in those times where maybe you're just not feeling it, but you know, still feeling like God's calling you to that. So. Yeah, yeah. So a few things that I want to pick here. A few things that I want to pick out from that um, that I love what y'all said. Uh, first, your recognition, like you have to say no. Right, like it, it gets to a point where you have to say, you "No, know, you can talk about this stuff in such a way that's like, well, everyone needs something, and and I I will always have a chance to like go do that, go do this, um, but there takes a time where you need to depend on others to receive, right, um, and trust other people to take care of those needs as well. So, you know, this is kind of the necessity for the body of Christ to be working together because. What they can't do, someone else has to be able to do. And we need to recognize, like, okay, that person or the old rule is 20% of the people do 80% of the work, right? In, in the congregation, that's the general rule of thumb. That can't happen, right? Like, it has to be at a point where they can depend on someone else to do something or, or you can depend on them to do something. When you can't, there has to be that sense of mutuality. So I love that y'all are, you know, recognize, like, okay, we have to say no at some point. Um, and, and also the, the just the, the incarnational piece, right? It's it's not just uh, you know I text them let them know I'm praying for them or I you know make sure that they know I'm thinking about them on Facebook or whatever. Like that's fun, but the fact that you all say our neighborhood, our neighborhood is a ground zero for us. We meet our neighbors, we serve our neighbors, in our family, and we protect our home. We we start with the people closest to us, and, and, it, and it ripples, right? So that's that's good for like the practical nature of how this works. Um, what are some ways that God has used those relationships He's built in your life to expand His kingdom? Like, what are some connections that have been made? How how have you seen His kingdom expanded through that? Uh, well, just even just some some quick things. I, I feel like even just by interacting with the people in our neighborhood and things like that in the past, um, even when we lived in Austin before we moved out here, um, some of the obvious ways to me is like, even like with a coworker and having her get plugged into a community, um, or, you know, we were hanging out with our, um, some, some mutual friends from church at a park, and then just interacting with each other, and some teenager came over and handed us a note and then walked off, said, I just wanted to hand this to you. So we started reading the note, and the whole note was even about how he had been watching, how we were interacting with each other, and he said, I want what you guys have. Um, and knowing that just by watching 
watching us and watching how we're interacting with each other, knowing that there's something different about that and there's a desire for that. Um, but I think the most most obvious for us is this guy, um, <laughs> for sure. Um, do you want to? Okay. Hmm. So this is one of them, yeah. So we adopted him last January, as many of you know. Uh, we had him since he was two and a half, so he's been with us now for yeah, half his life. And uh, through him, we got to meet a lot of folks and uh, have a lot of encounters with uh, people we wouldn't normally meet, like CPS caseworkers, judges, lawyers, um, stuff like that. And just we don't know how God used those interactions at times, but you know, we treated them as an opportunity to just uh, just speak his love and uh, to be uh, over and above in terms of just graciousness and thankfulness for, for them and what they do. Uh, some of those caseworkers we still talk to every once in a while. In just a second, okay? Uh, so you don't always know, right, how God uses those interactions, but especially for, for like the hope, they talk about that hope, that, that legacy, yeah. like, you know, the cycle of abuse that was going on that you know his mom and his grandmother experienced, and his uh, her siblings. Like, hopefully, that we, we pray that that ends. Like, yeah. like we're raising a disciple. Yeah. His life will be changed, and that others that comes in contact with will be changed through Christ and that, that legacy that's starting to happen now. So our hope is that for his future, like that, that impact to uh, to come to fruition, where he's spreading God's word. As he like now and as he grows into a mature young man that knows Jesus and, yeah. and loves him, um, yeah. so I think that's the biggest potential is like just for God to to work in, in him. Yeah. And um, he's definitely um, been a blessing to our family and a challenge at times. <laughs> but uh, we love him regardless, and yeah. so even that uh, that sacrificial love, it just we're just reminded of that. Like even as that. Yeah, he is like you know we were going against Christ as well, and so it's just a good reminder that God forgives us, and we forgive because of that. We can forgive in just a second, and and uh, glorify Him in those little encounters. Yeah. Well, I, adopt, I think this adoption in itself has taught us so much about just God and His love for us, and just our identity and who our our identity is in Christ. Um, and so we otherwise may not have learned some of the things that we did about just our own relationship with God if it weren't for Him. But just the fact that I mean, there's there's people in here that met Him like a few days after He came to be with us, and so I mean, they can even attest to just how much growth He has had and how much I mean, just there's something to say about you know every Sunday when we walk out of the door and He gets in the car and He immediately just start singing some of the songs that we, you know, just sang at church or like hearing him say, well, God told me whatever and, and hearing that God's actually speaking to him already and, and different ways that that's happening. So. Absolutely. Very cool. Well, thank you guys very much. Um, can we pray for y'all real quick?